Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. There's more evidence out there that there's no bottom for these people. Uh, Joe Biden, the Biden administration, and the Democrats have to take advantage of a tragedy while people are still searching for bodies. We had a massive tragedy out in the Midwest and the South with these tornadoes. You'd think they'd just say, listen... This is the time for rescue, search and rescue, and trying to save people who could be trapped under the rubble. No, no, no. The press and Joe Biden had to get together and advance a political narrative. I've got that. Also, a stunning admission by Fakebook in court showing you that their whole fact-checking thing is not fact-checking at all, but opinion-checking. They actually admitted it in court. Before we get to that, ExpressVPN, ladies and gentlemen, thousands of my savvy viewers and listeners got a VPN. Why'd they get their VPN? To protect their data online and their online activity. Get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I want to get right to it. Also, um, kind of a, an update on something that's going on with me. I need to share with you all today because it's important. Of how conservative on conservative political uh, violence here is not doing us any good. We've got to align together. Horse blinders on. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Okay, folks, more evidence that there is no bottom for these people. We have this ongoing apocalyptic disaster with these tornadoes out in the Midwest and certain areas of the of the South. And what happened? Well, the Biden administration uh, leveraging the Rahm Emanuel never let a crisis go to waste strategy. Biden, of course, is asked by a media representative about, oh, you know, does this have anything to do with climate change? Absent any evidence, they have no evidence whatsoever that's true. Keep in mind, there are still people being, uh, their search and rescue is still going on. And Biden had to chime in and make a political point because that's what these grotesque, disgusting human beings do. Here, check this out. All that I know is that the intensity of the weather across the board has some impact as a consequence of the warming of the planet and the climate change. The specific impact on these specific storms, I can't say at this point. I'm going to be asking the EPA and others to take a look at that. But the fact is that uh, we all know everything is more intense when the climate is warming. Everything. And obviously it has some impact here, but I can't give you a, a quantitative read on that. Okay, he's just making that up, folks. Again, this is supposed to be the party of science. He's making it up to push a climate change, global warming narrative, because that's what Biden and the left does. He has no evidence what he just said is true. None. He's making it up that there are more storms, there are more intense storms. He doesn't have any evidence of that. Here, when I'm looking for some climate, um, climate truth, not climate hysteria, Roger Pilkey is a guy who you can look to. Here's his Twitter account. Here's the IPCC, the International Panel for Climate Change. Here is a quote from their latest report about tornadoes. This is a quote. Again, for the fact checkers out there, this happens to be a quote, meaning it was in the reporting. You may want to take a look at it. More on the loser fact checkers later, how it's all a big scam. But here's the quote. Trends in tornadoes associated with severe convective storms are not, ro- are not, are not robustly detected. 
<laughs> excuse me, attribution of certain classes of extreme weather, uh, for example, tornadoes, is beyond current modeling and theoretical capabilities. How tornadoes will change is an open question. <clears throat> Sorry. There you go, right there. So Biden seems to have come to the conclusion that he knows, he knows that this has to be related to his global warming theory. He knows that, despite the fact he has no evidence to back that up at all. Here's another tweet by, uh, by Pilkey. You may be saying, well, you know, an EF5 tornado, that's serious. Yes, it's very serious. Thankfully, it's the first one we've had in eight years. Roger Pilkey, record eight-year streak without an EF5 tornado may have come to an end, but assessing the category will take some time. Here's from the Weather Channel. He's quote-tweeting the Weather Channel. The last EF5 tornado struck over eight years ago, the longest streak of its kind on record. Tragically, right, that is tragic. The streak may have come to an end. The point is, it's the longest streak on record where we haven't had a very powerful EF5 tornado. So if they're increasing in number and increasing in intensity, why aren't they increasing in number and intensity? Again, I'm just asking the simple money ball theory for life. If he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? So if as Biden's claiming that these storms increase in intensity and it's related to his global warming theory or they're increasing in number, then why aren't they increasing in intensity or number? Is that not a fair question? Am I wrong? Here, from Heartland, this article will be in my newsletter today by H. Sterling Burnett. That's quite a name right there. Very impressive. Reminds me of a Yankee pitcher, Sterling Hitchcock. Remember Sterling Hitchcock? Oh, you yeah. were a Yankee fan. Yeah. You know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> Heartland, this will be in my newsletter, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Is climate change worsening hurricanes? The evidence says no. You know, evidence, folks, we do that stuff once in a while. Not Joe Biden. Joe Biden bodies are still being searched for in the rubble, and Joe Biden has to create a political narrative. Here you go. The National Hurricane Center data indicates hurricane impacts in the United States are at an all-time low. The United States recently went more than a decade, 2005 through 2017, without experiencing a major hurricane measuring Category 3 or higher making landfall. That's the longest such period in recorded history. Listen, my sincere apologies for having to do this. We have people right now going through a really unimaginable tragedy. Unimaginable because you don't want to imagine it. You can only imagine what it's like because it's so traumatic if you've experienced it or you're experiencing it right now, right? The fact that we even have to bring this stuff up is an insult. But folks, we can't let it stand. We don't politicize these things. The left does. The left does this with, 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 with any incident involving a firearm, whether it's in any way related to their gun control, air quotes, laws or not. It doesn't matter. They will politicize everything. A terror attack, a massive tragedy, 100 plus dead in the Midwest. They don't care. But if we don't respond, the left will pile on with more devastating policies that destroy the economy and destroy America without, without even batting an eyelash. Gross. Speaking of Biden, this man's rapid, rapid cognitive decline is a growing threat to national security. It's not just that he's a political animal and felt the need to politicize an ongoing tragedy in the Midwest with these tornadoes. The man's rapid cognitive decline is a growing threat to our national security. That is starting to be recognized by even people in the mainstream media who would ordinarily be strong Biden backers. 
Now, they're just starting to tow the red line now. But I want you to watch this. This is Martha Raddatz, leftist, through and through, who acknowledges here that Vladimir Putin just met with Biden. When he met with Biden, listen, I'm on Team America, okay? Putin is a, is a, is a, is a scumbag, pardon my language, a piece of garbage and a tyrant. But Putin's not dumb. And he smells weakness in Biden, just like Xi Jinping from China does. Here's Martha Raddatz. Biden just met with Putin. Look what Putin did right after the meeting with Biden as a big double barrel, family friendly middle middle finger to the United States of America. Meets with Biden about uh, troops amassing in in Ukraine, Russian troops in eastern Ukraine. Check this out. Here's what Putin did after the meeting. He is moving in those troops. After that call uh, with President Biden, they added more troops. They added at least 10,000 more troops. After the meeting, right after he puts 10,000 more troops on the border with eastern Ukraine. By the way, just like Xi Jinping did after his meeting with Biden. Remember the one a couple weeks ago where he called him old friend Xi Jinping just to mess with him? Yeah. Remember Biden saying, oh, he's not my old friend. Xi Jinping opens the meeting trolling this guy like an expert and says, hey, old friend. Again, Xi is a tyrant and a killer, and I'm on Team America. But Team America is in trouble and ignoring it. We're ignoring it at our own peril. You know what Xi did after the meeting? Do you hear this one, Joe? He sent more flights over Taiwan to invade their airspace right after the meeting. Just to say again, double barrel, daddy-o. Folks, this guy is a growing national security threat to the United States. In addition to being a disastrous politician, in addition to lording over the rapid downfall of the United States economic situation right now, this guy is a clear and present danger to prosperity moving forward and to our national security situation. And that's not a joke, as Biden would say. All right. I got a lot to get to. It's Monday, as always. So uh, let me get to this. Uh, this another another serious brewing crisis here in the United States. The exploding free speech crisis with these fact checkers. Folks, these fact checkers, they are part of a growing movement on the left to silence and crush free speech. I warned you about them a long time ago. They are not fact checkers. They are opinion checkers. They have one purpose and one purpose only. And the purpose of the so-called fact checkers is only to silence conservative opinion under the guise of doing it in a nonpartisan fact-checking manner. Many of you get this. Uh, Sadly, there are some Republicans on the uh, so-called Republicans, they're rhinos, like the Bulwark and the Dispatch and that clown show, who still believe the fact-checking process is legitimate. Remember when Steve Hayes got wrecked by Brit Hume on Fox News before he says he resigned from Fox? He didn't. They didn't want to renew his contract because he sucks. Remember Steve Hayes got wrecked? Steve Hayes, yeah, the fact checkers. Brit Hume was like, fact check. Did you guys fact check the Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? No, we missed that. Yeah, we missed that. Well, now we have a stunning admission in court. As it turns out, when you're in court and everybody's under oath and obligated to tell the truth, Facebook tells a different story in its court filing about what their fact checkers do. This was in Zero Hedge this week. Stunning. Facebook court filing admits fact checks are just a matter of opinion. In a court filing responding to a lawsuit by John Stossel, who claims he was defamed by a fact check, Facebook used to label the video, used a label to video him as misleading. Well, Facebook, you know, Meta, that's her new name now, their attorneys assert that the fact check was an opinion, not an actual check of facts and a declaration of facts. 
Under libel law, opinions are protected from liability uh, for libel. You get what they're doing here? He says, this is an, an attorney they asked. He says, Opin opinions are not subject to defamation claims, while false assertions of fact can be subject to defamation. The quote in Facebook's complaint they're claiming is an opinion. You see what's going on here? Good Facebook heaven. is claiming on their platform that they've outsourced fact-checking to these third parties who are not opinion people. These are journalists checking facts. I warned you a while ago that that's a huge scam. They are not checking facts. This is nothing more than an opinion host like Rachel Maddow saying she doesn't agree with Sean Hannity and then claiming she's doing fact-checking and journalism. Here's the court filing. Look at this. Read it and weep. It's right in front of your face. They say the fact-check articles written by Climate Feedback, a joke and a scam of a site, not the labels affixed through the, fa the Facebook platforms. Stossel's focusing on that. He was fact-checked by Climate Feedback, right? The labels themselves are neither false nor defamatory. To the contrary, they constitute protected opinion. This is Facebook's filing that they can then label John Stossel's stuff uh, as, as misleading, but that it's an opinion, not a fact check. Now, folks, why is this a problem? Let me get to that in a second. Let me get to my second sponsor. It's a problem for a number of reasons. One, it's totally disingenuous. There is a difference between an opinion and a fact. Me telling you, you know, red is a better color than blue is an opinion. That's not a, in any way an objective measure of anything. Me telling you, however, red and blue are different colors is a fact. Does anybody have a hard time with this? Facebook suggesting they're just checking facts and numbers. It's totally neutral. While then acknowledging in court, actually, this is just their opinion. We're not checking facts at all, is a huge shift and shows you what I'm trying to tell you. They're trying to silence people like me, Hannity, Levin, Beck, uh, all the, the Shapiros out there because they just don't like our opinions and now they're admitting it. That, oh, it's just a difference of opinion. Exactly. Soviet national anthem time. Exactly. All right, let me get to this. On the other side, I'm going to show you why they created a huge legal problem for themselves. This is important. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay. So now that Facebook is admitted in court when everybody's under oath in a filing, we swear to tell the whole truth that they are not checking facts. They are just alternate opinions. You may ask yourself, 
well, why, you know, Facebook's just going to say, well, it's not us doing it. It's climate feedback and PolitiFact, so we have nothing to do with it. No, no, no. The verdict is in. The gavel has dropped. That is wrong. Why? I've experienced this myself. Folks, what climate feedback and PolitiFact do to your page by checking it and, and making a ruling that it's false, when, matter of fact, they're just checking your opinion, is you get points you get dinged on your Facebook page and your Facebook page then reduce, they reduce your distribution so you can't talk to people. Do you understand how they work? Facebook's trying to have it both ways. They're trying to say, no, it's not us fact-checking. It's independent sources we trust. The independent sources they're acknowledging are not fact-checking, they're opinion-checking. And the independent sources do damage because Facebook then takes their word for it and then reduces the distribution of your page. Facebook is fully connected with these fact checkers. Here, this happened to me. Here's an email I got a while ago from the worst fact checker in the world. This guy stalks our page. He is a lunatic. This guy, Tom Kircher, he's also one of the dumbest human beings on planet Earth. He stalks our page. That's all he does is sit there and watch my page because Facebook wants him to. They don't stop him. And what his goal is, is to silence me because he doesn't like my opinion because Tom Kircher's an opinion host. That's all he is. He emailed me a while ago, proving they're just checking opinions. He says, I'm doing a PolitiFact check article on your statement from a November 6th Facebook post where I said that the deficit would rise by the exact amount of the infrastructure bill. In other words, what I was saying is it was not deficit neutral, that the, the infrastructure bill spent over a trillion and the deficit was going to rise by that amount. He demands I send him a comment by 5 p.m. today and evidence to support your statement. Evidence to support my statement that the deficit will rise by an amount in the future. It hasn't risen. How, how exactly do we, we, do we do that? How do you provide evidence for something that hasn't happened yet? Now, I can have an opinion on that. Ah, ah, I can have an opinion on that based on past claims by Democrats that things wouldn't reduce the deficit, that subsequently reduced the deficit by that amount more. That can be an opinion. But how do you fact check something that hasn't happened yet, which is a future rise in the debt, which hasn't happened because it's in the future? Joe, any ideas on how you do that? Have you mastered the whole time travel thing? Marty McFly. Has anyone done that? Have you? Yeah. Have you? You Something haven't, like right? That. You're not from the no. future. No. You're not from no. The, okay. You haven't jumped that. You're not. You're not Elvis no. from the. I mean, Joe looks like Joe's no. got that Elvis look. You're not an not. Elvis iteration no. of that. Joe. Okay, you're not. Okay, good. Joe I'm hasn't cool. figured that out either. So Kircher, who's one of the biggest dunces in the media, then followed up with a Politifact article saying that. Uh, writing about my comment, how the deficit would rise in the future, and he says, "No, this is very important on Politifact." World's worst fact checker, Tom Kircher. The post was flagged as a part of Facebook's efforts to combat false news and misinformation on its news feed. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Facebook just said they had nothing to do with it. It's a third party guy and they're only checking facts. Now you know the whole scam. It's a scam. The whole thing's a scam. I told you it's a scam. Facebook, it was flagged by them. They have an algorithm. And then they pass off their work to these third-party people who are nothing more than opinion people. By the way, yeah, let's get to that Newsbusters article, too. Just so you understand how they work, too. This is a concerted effort by the left to crush and silence free speech. Sorry. That's what this is. 
They want to silence conservative opinion with other opinion. I can't emphasize enough. This is like outsourcing to Brian Stelter the ability to censor and reduce the distribution of Fox News on cable news. This is no different. Facebook is just as powerful of a platform. He is Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, and their team is outsourced to morons like Tom Kircher, my page, to police my page, while acknowledging they're just opinions. What are they also, are they they're using NewsGuard, a scam site, fully dedicated to suppressing conservative websites. It doesn't just stop at Facebook, conservative websites too. Well, the MRC, Media Research Center, Newsbusters, just came out with a study. NewsGuard rating system heavily skews in favor of left-wing outlets by 27 points. Stunner, he says. Shocker, right? NewsGuard. So just to be clear, the fact checkers work on Facebook to police my page and suppress conservative opinion. It's just opinion. We know that now. They said it in a court filing. Let's stop the fact check stuff, okay? It's not fact checking facts. And then websites, Bongino.com, BonginoReport.com, they outsource to people like NewsGuard who are there exclusively to give liberal uh, liberal uh, outlets the benefit of the doubt while attacking places like ours. Now, it doesn't just stop at Fakebook. This is a large and growing threat to the republic. Leftists, uh, in, their, in, their, uh, in conjunction with big tech, trying to suppress free speech. Twitter's doing it too. Look at this article, Reclaim the Net. Be in my newsletter today as well. Twitter will now ban users that repeatedly claim vaccinated people can spread COVID. Here we go. That's interesting because there's an American Greatness article out there about a lot of people, including me, who were vaccinated getting COVID. American Greatness. About 75% of Omicron cases are in fully vaccinated people. As I said, folks, this is a rather large and growing threat to the Constitutional Republic. You have one side of the aisle, conservative opinion. That is not allowed anymore. I'm living it every single day. These people can't stop. They won't stop. And it's a problem. I never finished my thought before. Forgive me. It's, um, I don't like when I do that. Why is this going to be an issue for fake book and Twitter going forward? Because Section 230, federal government, Section 230 of federal regulations, give these, these, these platforms immunity, Facebook and Twitter, under the guise that they are neutral platforms. They've now admitted in court they're not neutral, that they're using third parties to censor conservative opinion. They just admitted they're not platforms in court. They should no longer, no longer be have Section 230 protection from lawsuits. They can't be sued under 230. Well, they can, but they have audit, they'll automatically get off because they're saying we're independent publishers. They just admitted in court, independent platforms. They just admitted in court they're publishers. They just admitted it. It's all a lie. It's always been a lie. Okay. Hey, this is just a quick uh, note here. I wanted to get something out there. Folks, the internal fighting on the conservative side has is, is gotten really bad. I'm not talking about the, you know, the fight against the, the rhino class, the Kinzingers. They're not conservatives. I'm talking about legitimate conservatives who are just eating each other alive. It's... Why am I bringing this up? Because, you know, on a personal note, having engaged in a lot of business with, uh, you know, people in my sense building a parallel economy, what I'm starting to find out is 
if other people aren't getting rich off something, then they feel the need to attack it, which is bizarre. I went through this with Parler. I went through it with uh, going through it with Rumble. Now it's really disgusting, and what's even worse is how many other people decide to pile on and pick camps. Here's the camp, folks. The camp is conservatives for freedom and liberals who aren't. It's not conservatives in the conservatives for freedom camp eating and cannibalizing each other. I bring it up because I saw this morning. Apparently, there's a fight going on, uh, you know, between Ashley St. Clair and Matt Walsh over a book. And I'm like, I had both of them on my show. I like both of them. But I saw Matt's defense this morning, and, and he seems correct. And I'm just starting to wonder, like, what's going on? We could have more than one book about, you know, Johnny the Elephant or whatever. I don't even know what the, the elephant, Tony the, the walrus, who the, I don't even know. But why are we like attacking each other? I don't understand. You know, I have no ownership stake in, in, in Getter or uh, any of these other, a lot of these other sites out there. But I've said to you repeatedly, go on and get accounts on all these platforms. Because it matters. Because we have to win. It's frustrating again because I'm in this ongoing tough fight with Cumulus, this company, this parent company I work for, on the radio program over these vaccine mandates. And it's just, you can do no right. You can do no right with this. I will not be complying with any redefined vaccine mandate. But... I found myself bizarrely under attack by some people who claim to be conservative, some goofball radio host in Alabama. And then uh, some other guy who used to be my friend is Derek Hunter, who oddly asked me to endorse his book and then retweeted my endorsement as often as he can to sell books and then decided to attack me for not uh, resigning, for the, apparently not understanding uh, what's going on behind the scenes right now at all. And one of the things they attacked me for was not speaking out right away against the vaccine mandates. Really? It's a shame I have to do this, but here's an email. I'm not going to show you who it was from because the person's a good person at the company who was trying to help. I want you to notice the date on this email. August 13th, 2021. They said, well, why didn't he speak out sooner before people were fired on October 11th? Because I didn't know anyone was going to be fired because it was implied to me by someone in the company that they were going to try to work things out. And there likely wouldn't be anyone fired, which I said, okay, let's continue to work on this then. Look at the date, my email to Cumulus, August 13th, 2020. It's a real email. I wouldn't fake the funk with you. When I heard Cumulus had issued a vaccine mandate the same day, or maybe it was the next day, but it was right away. I said, good, because I won't comply. I was responding to an email from them about it. And if it's forced on my team, I'll back them up. Now, I bring that up because if you go to Scamopedia, otherwise known as Wikipedia, that works with NewsGuard and fact checkers and others to malign and discredit conservatives, they're in an effort to try to foster division amongst us against the vaccine mandates. And Wikipedia notes in the section that, yeah, Dan Bongino didn't speak out till October 11th about the vaccine mandates. Uh, Really? Sounds like I was working on it the entire time since they came out in August because you don't know what was going on behind the scenes as I was trying to save people's jobs. But it's Scamopedia. They won't edit any of that. What they're trying to do is they understand these vaccine mandates are grossly unpopular, folks. They're trying to break us up on our side and cause division. Don't be part of it. Don't be part of it. 
I'll have an update on what's going on with Cumulus. I'll discuss it also later on, later on the radio show. Why what's happening is happening. When I said what I said, they have leverage in the short term. It would cause a lot more damage right now. But they don't have leverage in the medium term or the long term. They have none. We got to win. We got to win. And I meant exactly what I said when I said it about their vaccine mandate. All right, uh, moving on. Loaded two-pager, actually full two-pager. You know what? Let me get to my uh, third sponsor here. I uh, appreciate your patience here. I had a little technical thing this morning with my, uh, my recording device, so that's why I keep looking. I have a timer. Make sure we get everything right here. Okay, so this uh, weekend I was reading uh, the Wall Street Journal, and, and Norman uh, Podhoritz, who is a, I mean, a self-avowed neoconservative, you know, they have a more of an interventionist approach overseas when it comes to foreign, uh, you know, a foreign intervention than I do. But Pud Hart's had a very interesting interview in this weekend's Wall Street Journal where he says, basically, you know, listen, you all better wake up out there. Some of you on the Republican side, you know, we're in a war right now. He uses the word war for the future of the United States. And this has nothing to do with right or wrong. Like the left doesn't care anymore. They are destructionists and they are nihilists. It was, it's pretty shocking commentary. Um, and, and a wake-up call to the con- relatively you know, right-leaning but, but centrist kind of conservative crowd at the Wall Street Journal. This guy's not pulling any punches. He says, wake up. The left are nihilists. They're looking to destroy this place. They are not looking to argue on ideas. It goes back to my golden rule that we think the left are people with bad ideas. They think we're bad people with ideas. They want us crushed and silenced. Well, there's no better example right now of what Podhoritz is saying about the nihilists, the destructive tendencies of the left who don't want to fix this place than the Biden build back worse plan. Ladies and gentlemen, this will finish us off. You think we're in an inflation crisis now? You think we're in an economic crisis now with nine to 10 million open jobs? You think things are bad now? Real wages going down, real returns in the stock market struggling, nominal returns, nominal wages going up. You think we're bad? This will finish us off. The CBO came out with a score this week. And the CBO score requested by the Republicans was, listen, with this Build Back Worse plan, when you strip out the gimmicks and you, you, uh, you, you make sure that the timeline for these programs is extended because the Democrats will likely extend them. What does this thing really cost? Well, New York Post. CBO finds a spending plan would add $3 trillion to the deficit once the gimmicks are stripped out. Now, Three, so just to be clear, we're in a massive inflationary crisis right now. We're struggling. We're in a supply chain crisis. They're printing money to pay for government spending they can't afford through the taxpayer base. And Biden wants to go spend, what, $3 trillion more if these programs are extended? Listen to Jen Psaki when they got the score. You would think they'd throw this thing out and be like, this is a mess. We're not doing it. We don't have the money. Nope. Psaki's doubling down, calling the score, the CBO score, fake. Check this out. Well, uh, to quote of all people, Norm Ornstein at the American Enterprise Institute, who put this quite well, quote, you can't assume programs will be extended just because Lindsey Graham wants to assure that an estimate based on what's not in the bill is bogus and fundamentally dishonest. I mean, this is not a CBO score. This is a fake CBO score. It's not about the existing bill anybody is debating or voting on. Uh, this is about proposing the extension of of programs that has not been agreed to without the commitment of the president, which he's made repeatedly publicly, that he would never support extending these programs if they weren't paid for, period. Folks, do you understand how full of crap they are? 
The president is a liar. He's got a history of lying. He can say all he wants. They're not going to extend these programs. But the hard reality, in my opinion, again, based on hard evidence in the past, opinion for Tom Kircher, you dipwad. My opinion, based on facts of what happened in the past, is many of these programs at sunset frequently are extended. They're not just basing this on nothing. And if they are extended, which the Democrats will likely do because they love government spending, we will add $3 trillion to the debt. It's not a fake score. It's a real score based on a hypothetical that sadly, based on history, is likely to come true. Now, inflation. Look, Fortune magazine. Inflation's up 6.8%, the largest rate increase since 1982. Here's what that means. It means a whole lot, folks. We are in a bad situation right now with inflation. A bad situation made worse. I had Peter Schiff on my radio show last week, and he brought up a really interesting point you should all take to heart. In the 1980s, when we had to crush inflation in 1982, which is the only time in modern history we've had inflation rates similar to what we've had now, we had to raise interest rates dramatically. The reason we were able to do that is the Federal Reserve didn't own a fraction of the debt they own now. The Federal Reserve has essentially printed money and given it to the United States government to spend. What's the problem with that, folks? The problem is the Federal Reserve eventually is going to, it's it's, it's basically borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. The money all has to be paid back. The Treasury is going to have to pay back the Fed. If interest rates go up to combat inflation like they did in the 80s, the Treasury is going to have to pay back more money on interest alone, and we can't afford it. So interest rates go up, we're going to have a massive recession. Interest rates stay low, we're going to have massive inflation. Either way right now, we lose. Here's even CBS forcing, uh, uh, being forced to state the obvious about the just crushing inflation crisis right now. CBS, here, check this out. An economy that suddenly feels vulnerable. The inflation rate is up almost 7% from this time last year. The highest annual increase in almost 40 years. Everything's up since last year. Home prices, groceries, gas. Which leaves COVID America coming to terms with a different kind of sticker shock. Now, keep in mind, all of this, again, this should put the Build Back Worse plan in its grave. Massive inflation. If the programs are extended, even if they're not, we're adding to the debt, but we're adding dramatically to the debt, which is going to cause us to print more money, which is going to cause inflation to get worse, knowing there's nothing we can do right now. We are staring at a financial apocalypse right in front of our faces. All of this is happening while we collect record tax revenue. Check this out. CNS News. $565 billion collected in just a couple months through November. That's a record. So for those of you suggesting we have a tax problem, oh, we could just raise more. We're raising the most amount we have ever raised through taxes. And we are still in a ridiculous debt pool we can't get out of. Let me throw a moonshot out at you. I addressed this with Peter Schiff as well. You may say, Dan, this sounds apocalyptic. We're either going to deal with massive inflation, prices going up and wages going down, or we're going to have to hike inflation rates, go bankrupt, and cause the most massive recession since the Great Depression. Yeah. 
That's a bad news. The only moonshot here, the only moonshot, is if we have an incredible technological breakthrough, whether it's AI, artificial intelligence, whether it's in energy, I always say, you know, cold fusion, something that, uh, you know, it would dramatically reduce energy costs. Um, Asteroid-based minerals, don't laugh. These things are not, you know, uh, they're, 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 they're not happening right now, but they very well could happen, these breakthroughs. We could have a massive jump in productivity and wealth, which would maybe stem the inflation crisis. I try to be an optimist. I don't like to give you all bad news. So there is a way out. It's just a small chance, though. The more practical way would be to get a lid on spending today and stop printing all this money, but they're not going to do it, folks. They're not going to do it. All right, a bit of good news and a personal story, if I, if I may, if I can share this with you. I've been sharing a lot of personal stuff on my locals account, you know, dinners with Paula and stuff like that. It's kind of like my own reality show. It's uh, locals.com where you can download the locals app and follow me. I'm at D Bongino. I've been enjoying it. It's uh, a lot of it's subscriber only. Some of it I just throw out there. So this weekend, Paula went away. She went up to Orlando with Amelia. And uh, I, I stayed behind because I had some stuff I had to do I couldn't get out of. And uh, Paula texted me yesterday. She's packing up Amelia's stuff to come back. <laughs> Excuse me. And she's like, look what I found in Amelia's suitcase. If you're watching on Rumble, you'll see it. Rumble.com slash Bongino. For you audio listeners, I'll explain. There's a picture of me, my nine-year-old, who's the cutest thing ever had taken this picture. This was a daddy-daughter dance at her old school, St. Joe's, that I had went to with her about two, three years ago. And you'll see some sparkles on the bottom. It's the, she had it sideways, so the sparkles at the bottom covered kind of the picture. It's not me trying to hide it or anything. She had that in her suitcase. She took a picture of me with her from her room. And I got to thinking, you know, this is our most important job. Moms, you're great. We love you, moms. I was raised by a single mom. You're terrific. But for a second, just focusing on the dads. This is our most important job. You know, daughters need their dads. They need their daddies. They need them there all the time. And although my fathering skills have been far from perfect, I've learned a lot. You know, one of the things I learned, I remember, remember those old books, Joe Chicken Soup for the Soul? Those are great books. They're oh, very, yeah, yeah. especially around the holidays. And I remember, was it my aunt or something, reading to me a passage from one of them about this teacher who had raised a bunch, of, uh, who had uh, taught a bunch of troubled kids, and they all remembered her and loved her, and they turned out okay. And they asked the teacher, like, what was the trick? And she said, I loved every one of those kids. Well, you know, when it comes to your kids and your daughters and dads, one of the things I learned is no matter what's going on, if my daughter starts talking to me about something she finds interesting, she likes those Percy Jackson books and other stuff, the phone here goes down, and I just listen. And I've learned to repeat the last few things she says back to her so she knows I'm listening intently. So I remember growing up, this, this friend of mine had a father. He was a nice guy, but he was a hard guy. He was a hard guy to get along with. And the son, who was a friend of mine, used to talk to him. And I remember the dad never looked like he was paying attention. And the son would just talk more, like desperate for his attention. So I always kind of repeat the last few things Amelia says to let her know I'm listening and what she says matters to me. I did the same with my daughter, Isabel. So that was one of the lessons I learned, put the phone down. But I just want to highlight on a Monday morning how refreshing that was to see and just to remind the dads out there that you're critical. 
that your daughters can't do it without you. And anyone telling you they can is lying to you. Mothers and fathers love the, the daughters differently. You just do. You matter. That's probably one of the nicest things that ever happened to me. My wife sent me that picture. I was uh, getting a little choked up. Just a personal note. Again, I've been sharing a lot of my life on, on locals, but given that you all roll with me in the podcast here, if you want to see the picture, go to rumble.com slash bunch. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, moving on. Um, back to somewhat bad news. Another warning I had issued to you, which has sadly come true. Folks, I told you after January 6th that what the Democrats were going to do is they were never going to let this go. They were going to do a January 6th committee, which they did. That wasn't like, you know, some big, bold prediction. You knew that was going to happen. They had called for it. But they're using the committee to attack people. They're not using the committee to get to the bottom of what happened. We already know what happened. And their story changes depending on who they talk to. If they want to indict Trump, not legally indict him, but indict him morally, they'll say, Oh, listen, a bunch of people showed up and Trump incited them to violence if they want to hit Trump. But then if they want to hit the people who are at the rally and any political associates of the people who are at the rally, they'll say, no, no, no. It was planned the whole time. So what was it? Was it an innocent crowd that was incited by Trump or a not innocent crowd that planned to attack the Capitol? Which story is it? The answer is neither. Now, the Democrats don't want you to know that. The Democrats are going to use January 6th to issue blanket subpoenas, which are grossly unethical and immoral. And what they want to do is they want to silence people. Here's what they're doing. I warned you about this a while ago, and sadly, it's all come true. They don't want conservatives to ever be able to communicate over their devices again. They want you looking over your shoulder all the time saying, if I text this, is this going to appear in front of a Democrat congressman to be used as a weapon against me? They want you to go, I can't do that. We got to meet by carrier pigeon. That's what they want you to do. That's why they're issuing these blanket subpoenas to frighten everyone right before the 2022 election. They want the message out there to donors and political activists that anything you do, free speech doesn't apply anymore, is fair game and we're coming for you. You doubt me? Listen to Mark Meadows on Newsmax. Him and Steve Bannon, who've been targeted, Kaylee McEnany and others. Listen to Meadows explain how some ridiculously overbroad subpoena got sent by Congress to his phone company? Yeah, this actually happened. Talk about, you know, third world-like sociopathic behavior by elected officials. Check this out. We've always been, as a good citizen, willing to cooperate in terms of non-privileged information. President Trump made it very clear that he was claiming executive privilege, and we, uh, we honored that. We have been consistent with that for many, many months, and uh, we've been working with the committee to try to work on an accommodation. What we found was not only were they uh, still going to ask questions and try to delve into uh, those things that are protected by right. executive privilege, Privilege. Uh, but then we also found, unbeknownst to us, uh, a, uh, a subpoena that was sent to my cell phone carrier uh, that was so broad in scope uh, that it, it uh, defies logic on how it could have any legislative intent. And they did that without notifying us. Uh, we felt at that point that the courts, as you mentioned, uh, this is a, a position between a rock and a hard place. Right, the right. courts are designed to solve these things. So that's why we filed suit again. Nancy Pelosi and the members of the January 6th commission. Okay, so what's that? Good for Meadows for fighting back. Folks, Congress is not a law enforcement body. 
Congress's subpoena power is supposed to be limited, uh, limited, excuse me, should be, should be limited to legislation. Something that has some legislative intent. That is not what this is. Congress has turned themselves into a bunch of jackbooted thugs, intelligence, law enforcement operators on the Democrat side, abusing this power to silence Republicans and get them antsy before the election season about even communicating over their own devices. They did the same to Devin Nunes. Remember when Adam Schiff pulled his phone records? Folks, this is getting dangerous. I wish one of the warnings I gave you would would turn out to be false once in a while. I'm not kidding. We're going to have to get burner phones now to be able to communicate. It's the kind of stuff that happens in the third world, not here. Can't even talk anymore if you're a Republican. Talk on Facebook. You got the PolitiFact opinion checkers come after you. Open a website. You got the NewsGuard communists coming after you. You try to communicate with your friends over the phone about free speech issues. You got Adam Schiff and Benny Thompson in the January 6th committee subpoenaing phone companies. This is happening here in a formerly free country. The hell's going on here? It's the United States of America. It's not Cuba. It's going to get worse. I'd like to say before it gets better, but I'm not even sure I'm optimistic it's going to get better until there's an entire house cleaning in Washington, D.C. And some court action by non-political judges who start to crush this stuff. Meadows is right. His lawsuit is absolutely correct. There's no legislative intent behind this at all. Okay. Hey, listen, I, I was on Fox this morning. I don't know if those of you who watch my Fox and Friends uh, appearance, I come on like 8.30, 8.40 on Mondays, typically every week. So all politics are local. I've told you that all the time. Politics are local. It is the oldest cliche in politics. But why are politics local? Because a lot of things that happen in politics don't affect you right away. So it's, you know, you can, a perfect example was, you know, CRT. You can endorse woke politics and all that crap all you want. But the reality is, until it comes and kicks you in the teeth, a lot of people just ignore it, especially people on the left. But issues like crime and inflation and COVID have really altered the American electoral landscape a lot. And the reason is it's local. It's as local as it gets. It's costing you more for food. Your kid gets mugged, God forbid. COVID and the COVID mandates and the ridiculous unscientific mask mandates, they start to hit your kid as your kid's development starts to suffer wearing this mask all day, right? All politics are local. I want you to see this tweet. And this is why Joe Biden's numbers are going down and down and down in his approval rating. They're going down and going down dramatically, ladies and gentlemen, because what's starting to hit people is hitting them locally. This is Andy Puzder on his Twitter account. He put, he posts a chart, wage growth in the Trump administration in contrast to wage growth, real wage, wage growth in the Biden administration. Not nominal. There's a difference between nominal and real. Real means what does your money buy? Nominal just means what's the number? If you get a raise from $10 to $12 an hour, great. But if the $12 buys less stuff than the $10 does, that means you don't make more money in real terms. Look, the Trump administration, real wages, far surpassing inflation wages, percent of wage growth, as you see, compared to percents of inflation. Look at the Biden administration. Ladies and gentlemen, the chart totally inverts. You can see it on rumble.com slash Bongino. The Biden administration, the percentage of inflation growth is now far surpassing wage growth. 
meaning you were getting richer in the Trump administration. The chart's right there. It's the most powerful chart you will see at the moment. And it shows you why all of a sudden Biden's approval rates, all this other stuff, environmental, Green New Deal crap, CRT, all this other garbage that liberals are like, ah, no big deal, doesn't affect me. Now all of a sudden their wages are going down. That's why this guy's numbers are plummeting. Look, that is the most powerful chart you will ever see. The Biden administration, inflation is growing faster than wages. Trump administration was the exact opposite, which means you are getting poorer right now. Now, combine that with this Bloomberg chart about how even stocks, there's real returns on stocks. Here, real pain from Bloomberg. U.S. stocks inflation-adjusted earnings yield hasn't been this low in decades. Meaning, again, nominally, your stock account may be going up, but in real terms, due to inflation, they haven't seen yields this low in decades. Everybody's getting poorer right now in front of your face in this Biden administration. That is the most local issue possible, your wallet. So local, it's right in your front pocket. All right, let me get to my last sponsor, and I want to prove to you hard evidence that the school choice debate is about money. This is devastating for the left. It's about money. It's always been about money. Our last sponsor today, Liquid IV. Listen, cooler weather makes it easier to miss signs of dehydration, but I assure you, it happens. Like overheating or perspiration. It's sometimes in the fall and the winter, you don't feel it as much. But it makes it even more important to keep your body properly hydrated. I don't do anything without a Liquid IV first. I take a packet, I put it in water, drink it down, then I go out and I work out and I feel a lot better. My muscles just suck up the water after Liquid IV. Keeps them hydrated. Fluids matter. Keeps you going. Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. There's no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. It's made with clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV uses cellular transport technology for the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium that delivers water and nutrients into the bloodstream fast. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more effectively than water alone. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. They've donated over 11 million servings globally. Grab your favorite Liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Bongino at checkout. Stuff has my uh, full endorsement. Use it all the time. Haven't had an issue since. That's 25% off anything at Liquid IV. When you order to get better hydration today using promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, at liquidiv.com, liquidiv.com. For athletes, people who work out, hot weather, cool weather, it's perfect. Stay hydrated. Dehydration makes a big difference. Liquidiv.com, promo code Bongino. Okay. Folks, our last story, but it's an important one. I've been a big advocate for school choice. It's a civil rights issue of our time, but I've never seen two stories more accurately sum up how a fight has nothing to do with what the left tells you it's about. The left tells you a school choice fight, oh, it's all about public schools, backing up our public schools, nonsense. This is about teachers unions making money and the fact that many charter schools, teachers are not uh, mandated to join the union. It's nothing to do with anything else. So a study just came out, Martin Lucan in the Wall Street Journal, showing that school choice saves dramatic amounts of money. They studied 40 school choice programs from their inception to fiscal year 2018 and found that the program saved taxpayers $28 billion or 7500 for student who participate students who participate in these programs for every dollar spent on expanding 
educational opportunities for families via choice programs, taxpayers saved about 280. Folks, why? Because with charter schools, you're not forced to go there. The parents have to go there. So the schools have to be competitive. They have to learn to compete. They're cheaper. They're better. The results are fantastic. People love them and they save money. Yet, when you talk to Democrats, Democrats will tell you school choice. That's a bad thing. It's all about saving our public schools. That's crap. It's not about saving your public schools. And they'll tell you they're draining money from public schools. They're not draining money from public schools. The public schools just got a huge bailout in the coronavirus thing. That's total crap. But showing you not only school choice saves money, and they don't like that. They don't want to save money, the teachers' unions. They don't want to save money. I'm not blaming the teachers. I'm blaming the unions. And candidly, teachers who support the unions. Because they're no good. Here, look at this article by the Wall Street Journal. You know Randy Weingarten, the teachers' union head? The worst. The teachers' union chief wants to give millionaires a tax break. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Dan, you just told us that the teachers' unions want to hike taxes and they don't like charter schools because they cost less and they want to charge taxpayers more so that the teachers' unions can enrich themselves. Yeah, Randy Weingarten wants a tax cut, the SALT tax. You know the SALT tax? The state, state and local tax deduction that I've told you about benefits blue state. It gives them a deduction for the high taxes they pay in the blue states. How It's a, basically a big tax cut for the rich. It mostly benefits the rich. That's just a fact. The Democrats want to renew the SALT tax cut. Wait, I thought the Democrats wanted to tax the rich. What's going on? They don't want to tax the rich, not the rich that vote for them. And Randy Weingarten, the union head, wants this tax deduction for the rich. But you just told us she wants higher taxes. No, 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 no. She does. She just wants it from the middle class. Here, read this. But in tying the deduction to progressive spending at a state and local level, participants gave away the real reason for wanting the SALT deduction. It encourages higher and state local spending on teacher pay and pensions. As New York Rep. Swazi, Tom Swazi admitted, we've chosen in our states to tax people to do progressive policies, which is why Randy Weingarten was right there beside him. You get what's happening? Tell me you get the scam. If you get a deduction on your federal taxes, state and local tax deduction, for the taxes you're paying state and locally, then those taxes hurt more because you don't get to deduct any of it. So because the Democrats want to hike middle class taxes, property taxes and your state and local income taxes, they want the federal government to subsidize it with a cut that largely benefits the rich. So what they want to do is they want to support the state and local tax deduction so they can raise taxes even higher on the middle class and then give people a break on their federal tax return so they can tax them more at the local level. It's one big, huge, enormous scam showing you again how these people are scammers. They want your money. All they're doing is a rob Peter to pay Paul. Give the rich people a federal tax deduction so we can hike their local taxes to get more money to give to teachers. It's a big scam. It's always been a big scam. Hey, one final note before we go. This is Miranda Vine's new book, Laptop from Hell. Thank you to everyone who made it number one on, on a bunch of platforms. But make sure when you buy it, you buy Miranda Devine. The Biden administration and lefties out there, they're in such a panic about this book. I don't know if they had any connection to it. I want to be clear, but someone put out a fake laptop from hell book with Miranda Devin spelled wrong. It's D-E-V-I-N-E. Make sure you get the real one. Somebody's worried about this book. So just a warning.
All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you on the radio show a little later. We got Bo Snardly on, Rush Limbaugh's former producer. That should be good. I'll talk to you a little later. You just heard Dan Bongino.